thrilled to have a conversation with Helen Raleigh. Helen, uh, Wednesday morning uh, over in Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong Chief Carrie Lam announced a formal withdrawal of the extradition bill that prompted more than three months of protests for freedom. And the next morning, you had this peace out. How did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Because if you care about something that you're thinking about it, then you have something to say. Yeah. And so in many ways, I, when I saw that, I thought, ah, oh, this is great. However, you're like, can she be trusted? Yeah. Well, her, her action really reads a lot of questions. The first question is what you're asking is, can we trust her, uh, Carrie Lam? Because um, back in June, after two million people peacefully protested against the extradition bill in Hong Kong. Carrie Lam came out, gave two versions, one in English, one in Chinese announcement, basically say the bill is suspended. Uh-huh. And then in English, she even used a stronger word to say the bill is dead. So that kind of gave the illusion because the protester won the bill to withdraw. So it kind of gave the illusion somehow she compromised and backed away. But quickly, right after she made those statements, the protesters immediately, people who are very familiar with the laws mm-hmm. in Hong Kong said, there's no such thing as a dead bill. Mm-hmm. So basically, you either withdraw the bill or the bill is basically dormanted. And anyone, any legislators, including Carrie Lam herself, can easily bring the bill back within only 12 days notice. You know, Helen, when I was on city council, I saw this strategy as well, that uh, many times if there might be something that might be somewhat controversial, you'd see PBIs, the politicians, bureaucrats, mm-hmm. interested parties pull it. Because say you might have a lot of people that showed up for something because they really care about it, Annette. And and then the uh, the PBIs realize that, oh, my gosh, we're getting a lot of press here. There's a lot of people that are interested. So we'll just put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And then they bring it back. And, my gosh, for people to get re- you know, reorganized, yes. it takes a lot. So somebody realized that they needed to make sure that this was totally withdrawn. Yes, that's always be the protest, the first demand. They have five demands, but the first demand is a complete withdrawal of the bill to make sure the bill will never get reintroduced again. Mm-hmm. So finally, after more than three months of protest, Carrie Lam finally, you know, backed away to say that they're going to withdraw the bill. But still, because her previous records, and also we know that she's really a puppet of the, by Beijing, so mm-hmm. she can't really make a decision. So that's why people say, well, can, we, can she really be trusted? Is this another words gymnastic that she's trying to play? Mm-hmm. You know, try to temper the situation down because uh, uh, China's, uh, the Communist China's founding birthday is coming up. It's October 1st. So everybody's wondering that uh, is this is her this, her this her strategy try to temporarily temper down the the movement and to create a like a peaceful illusion for the upcoming mm-hmm. of funding anniversary of communist china so that's the first question so it was 70 years ago that communist china came into being right yes. and if i remember right back then well and you lived there mm-hmm. you, I mean, your story is an amazing one that, uh, I mean, I, a couple of things. I remember that you said that your Chinese name could be either male or female. And, and the, com- the family got rations of food. And little boys got a little bit more food than little girls. And so because the government thought that you were a little boy, your family got a little extra rice and, and all. Yeah. When they found out you were a little girl, they made your family pay that back. I mean, you guys went hungry. 
Yeah, and uh, you, you know, if people want to know more about how real life happens, you know, under socialism, the real sufferings, the miseries, you know, I encourage them to read my book, Confucius Never Said. It's really about four generations of my family. My experience, Kim, is not the worst. You know, what happened to my great grandparents and happened to my grandparents and my parents are were a lot, lot worse than what I have experienced. Well, and my understanding is, is when Mao came into being, or Mao came into power, uh, that they actually, if you, I mean, they killed many people. Like if you wore glasses, they would think that, well, that means that they might be a thinking person. Therefore, we don't want to have them. And so they just went out and killed people. Well, that's actually happened in Cambodia. That, oh, okay. That but in, but but Mao is responsible. He is personally responsible for uh, at least thirty million deaths because because his mem- his uh, socialist economic policies that uh, created a uh, famine a fam- famine within three years an estimated twenty million Chinese people died of starvation because of public policy and that's because what happened with Stalin policy. also yes okay. Well, let's uh, let's continue on there. It's it's pretty amazing that it's been across the the spectrum. It's been students and teachers and professionals that were uh, protesting this. But there's several things going on, and, and uh, let's try to break this. How are we doing on time? Let's break this down. You say in the piece that perhaps this trade war is actually hurting China. Oh, it's, it, it does. Actually, this morning that the Wall Street Journal just have another article say, don't believe China's official data because China's official data shows the Chinese economy is still growing at the 6.2%, which is really good GDP growth rate. But the actual numbers are uh, a lot worse. And, and also I, I learned from the tweeters, somebody who's on the ground in China actually presented pictures of the food coupons. The food coupon came I grew up with, mm-hmm. which is for food ration. You know, to limit the you know distribution of food because there's a food shortage. Those coupons I grew up with, like from 30 years ago, now is resurfaced because because the trade war and also because there's a swine flu that uh, China has now experienced the, one of the worst uh, food shortage in terms, especially pork, because China is the largest um, country that consumption food cons- consume f- pork. Chinese people love to eat pork, so now there's a pork shortage. The shortage is so bad that the government reissued food coupons to limit how many meat, how much meat you can buy. On each household. Okay, so what do you think about this trade war, then, Helen? What do you think? Oh, this is a layered question. I think it's, um, you know, I'm a free market thinker. I generally think that trade tariff is a bad idea. I love free trade, um, but I also do agree that the free trade needs to be a fair trade. And I think what did the president had to do now, basically use a tariff and start a trade war, is because the previous. Uh, um, Presidents, you know, starting from both from both sides, Democrats and Republicans, they their China policy had failed, which lead us because their approach was always be, you know, if we economically engage China, if we involve in free trade, open our markets to them, they're gonna become more like us. They're gonna become more democratic. They're gonna be, you know, become more open market. And that policy lasted for thirty years, and it turns out that policy has failed. So China now today is a a much more powerful authoritarian and expanding its global geo geopolitical influence and seriously challenging America's, especially the 
liberal world order set by led by America since the Second World War, which guaranteed liberty and freedom for majority of the world for the last seventy years,、mm-hmm. and China is now has the economic and military power to serious, seriously challenging that liberal world order, and. As a re- that's really a result of our failed economic policies. So it's almost like we don't have much many tools left in our toolbox, and the trade war and the tariff is one one of the few tools that the, the president had to use in order to basically put China on notice to say you cannot continue going this way. You know, you need to play with、mm-hmm. the international rule and. You know, keep open market. Well, and many of the politicians and pundits are implying that there has been、uh, free and fair trade with with China. And、uh, in essence, when we'll be talking with、um, Bill Roth, who's been in the steel business, we'll talk with him on、uh, Wednesday. That and there was an, a piece out just recently about. Uh, basically, China dumping their steel over here, which is undercutting、mm-hmm. you know, our industry. So there may be free trade, but it's not fair trade because you have the go- the Chinese government that's coming in and subsidizing different industries and then allowing them to come in and undercut our industries, and that's not fair. It's not. It's not fair, and it's definitely hurt our industries. And also, it's basically jeopardized this、uh, free trade system that United States has been leading and really benefits China a great deal,、mm-hmm. right? I mean, China, China's economic boom. Everybody's, you know. Amazed by China's economic boom, and you know a lot of those have to do with Chinese people's industrialists and hardworking.、Mm-hmm. But it also, you know, we don't get enough credit. America and the West doesn't, you know, get enough credit for providing the markets. You know, help、uh, open up the universities and the schools to help train generations of young Chinese with you know technology and the informations to help train them so they can bring those informations back to United States to help build the economy and also open up our markets and. Also send them, you know, with foreign direct investment to help them build the factory. You know everything. So the West haven't get in, haven't get enough credit for helping China to grow the to have today's prosperity. It's because you know the rest of us believe in free trade, haven't been approaching help them building the economy.、Mm-hmm. So you know what? Let's go to break. This is absolutely so important and so interesting. And then I do want to get back to your piece、uh, regarding this whole extra. Extradition bill because it seems like from a political standpoint, China may be playing the protesters a little bit, and so、uh, that's that's pretty important to understand as well. So this is Kim Munson in studio as Annette Jewell, Helen Raleigh. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And when we look at this, it's in the context of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And、uh, Annette, Jewel, it's great to have you in studio. That was a great second segment regarding you being a watchdog on what's happening out in your neighborhood. And Helen Raleigh,、uh, this important piece about the Hong Kong protesters. But during the break, you did an amazing contrast that I think people need to hear. So go ahead and, and、uh, please share that about safe spaces. Right. So I, w- I was just thinking about the. Just like a universal agreement, what happened to Hong Kong? The Hong Kong young protesters are so inspiring, and I can't help thinking what happened in the West compared the youth in Hong Kong. Com- Compare them to the youth in the West,、mm-hmm. right? In Hong Kong, safe space to the youth means they need to actually find a physical place to hide from police's tear gas, their club, and the rubber bullets. And he, in here, our youth want a safe space to avoid the ideas that may challenge their thinking. 
right? And in Hong Kong, you have those young people waving American flag or British flag. They want to embrace uh, capitalism. They want to embrace more Western culture. And here we have our colleges and universities dominated by ideas that we need to cancel Western culture. Somehow Western culture is evil. And over there, you have young people are standing up against the communist authoritarian. They do they reject communism. They reject socialism. Here, you know, over half the at least half our young people is embracing socialism. They want more of it. So you, when you put those two contrasts there, you know, you I just find that what's happening in Hong Kong is more inspiring, and we really need to talk. This is one of the reasons we really need to talk about more when we especially see our young people here have. The freedom and the liberty to make a choice, and they choose authoritarian. They choose social. They choose something, an ideology that has failed everywhere it's being implemented. Has is responsible for over a hundred million deaths. And here you have young people, their same age, probably share the same fashion taste, share their same music, loving the same kind of music. Yet over there, they're fighting for their basic rights. And I just think we need to. This is one of the reasons we need to talk about more why it's so important. We should care about what's happening over there. Well, and I know it's. I mean, you're watching this so closely, uh, and uh, the, uh, my understanding is these young people have been, have been reading the Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, and singing American anthem. Yeah, it's it's all it's almost a crime, Helen. What has been going on in our colleges and universities? I was going through the uh, budget for Colorado because you know we're going to see this real assault. On Tabor, our taxpayers' bill of rights, which has been something that, as Steve always mentions, it it um, has transparency of government, and it basically says to government uh, and PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, if you want to raise our taxes, if you want to keep our tax refunds, and we'll give you uh, growth. We're going to give you a very uh, generous formula of inflation plus population. If you want to keep our tax refunds above that, or if you want to incur debt that we have to pay off. You just have to ask us. Exactly, the the, the, the anti-Tabor people would try to try to promote this as a law somehow restricted the growth and the prosperity here. That's not the case. All they have to do just ask, make a case. Right, we're reasonable people. If they can make a reasonable case, a logical case, to say here's the reason why we need to raise your money, and you know people will vote, vote for it. But the the other thing, and I was reading um, just yesterday, I was going through the budget because I'm trying to get my brain around this. And the proposed budget for 2020 here in Colorado, I think 14% of the budget goes to higher education. And I have to ask, why are we using government money to uh, pay, you know, all these different left-wing radical professors that don't like America – uh, to uh, be using government money to put forward those ideas. I mean, it's brilliant in a di- diabolical way to use force to take money from Annette, to take money from you, Helen, and t- to take money from me, Steve, and then use that money to push forward ideas that uh, we totally disagree with. It's diabolical. Right, and the still keep rising the... And keep raising the uh, tuition, tuition, tuition. Yeah, still make it unaffordable for a lot of family. And then their solution is let's just raise more, you know, charge more money and raise raise more taxes. And just it's just a bad cycle, right? And and encourage these kids to take student loans out that they can never pay back. And and um, anyway, we need to make sure that we get back to this. There's so many things to talk about. Let's finish this up though. Your piece on the Federalist. 
This is, uh, you've mentioned that there were five different requests that uh, the students and and the protesters have asked about. Only one of them has has changed, and that's the withdrawal of this extradition bill. But this could create some uh, discontent within the protest movement. Right, because so far the uh, protest movement is widely supported. As you mentioned, you know, people from all walks of life in Hong Kong, you know, civil servants, lawyers, doctors, business owners, workers, teachers, students all showed up to support. That's that's what made up two million people. So, you know, the movement has lasted for more than three months. As you mentioned earlier, right, people have to get back to their their own lives. Mm-hmm. And so, so some people may take the withdrawal of the bill as a win success. and say, I want, yeah, as a success to say, well, we need to get back to our lives. But there are the demands on there because this movement has expanded. The goal has expanded. It's not just about the bill anymore. It's about the freedom and liberty for people in Hong Kong. So they're also asking for investigation of police brutality because there are terrible, uh, very disturbing images of bru- uh, police brutality against peaceful protesters. And they're also asking for, um, you know, release the protester who's been arrested under the uh, accusation of riots. Because in Hong Kong, if you're accused of a riot, you're subject to five to ten years jail time. Wow. Um, we're talking about the kids as young as 16, you know, spent wow. the formidable years in jail. Mm-hmm. They will ruin their life, basically. Mm-hmm. And then they're also, the, one of the demand is uh, also Hong Kongers asking for universal suffrage because they want to be able to vote their representative directly and hold them accountable. And this is something actually China agreed to under the one country, two system agreement since 1948 uh, since ni- uh, 1984 that agreement and China has rejected that since 2014 and that's when the youth in Hong Kong started an umbrella movement back in 2014 and that one lasted for 70 days and eventually just you know they lost the public support because people got tired of it they mm-hmm. went back to their life mm-hmm. and the movement dialed down so this is why People who are care about Hong Kong so concerning that this withdrawal bill, um, the, this action to withdraw the bill is an, a sugar-coated poison pill. Basically, want to divide the protesters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if they can divide them, just let the movement fall apart. That would be a dream scenario for Hong Kong authorities and the Chinese government. So, Helen, what do you think is going to happen? Do you have an idea? I don't know. I don't want to think about it because. Um, Unfortunately, I think when the U- United Kingdom signed the agreement, uh, handed the Hong Kong back to China, kind of sealed Hong Kong's fate. And wh- wasn't that 100 years ago when they did that? Or when did they do that? Um, they took over Hong Kong in, uh, uh, more than 100 years ago. Yeah. Okay. So, but was that agreement signed before Mao or after? Oh, the agreement, oh, the, the handover agreement was signed out way after Mao. It was in 1984. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, under Madam Thatcher and the Chinese leader, Deng Xiaoping. Okay. And um, wh- why did Maggie do that? Do we know? Yeah, well, so it was a, it was a lot of a combination of things. And one thing is uh, she, shared a, she shared the same thought that the United States, you know, presence United States back then shared the similar thoughts that uh, if you engage in China economically, and somehow eventually China will change to become more like us. So that's one thing. And the second thing was uh, they hope that Hong Kong's economic system, uh, the prosperity in Hong Kong will influence China to be, want to be more like Hong Kong. That apparently failed. And, and the third thing was uh, 
back then in the in the seventies and early eighties, there was a worldwide、uh, colonial movement. Many colonies want to wanted to regain their independent、mm-hmm, freedom,、mm-hmm. you know, independence and freedom. So there is a global movement, and the United Kingdom economically was on the way. Going down,、mm-hmm. so they they didn't feel like they have enough resources to take care of all the colonies. So there was a lot of there were a lot of reasons, but it's definitely a miscalculation、um, in the、U- United Kingdom side. And right now we're seeing them. You know, Hong Kong people are fighting for their freedom, and the United Kingdom cannot even their parliament can even get their act together. They openly declare war. On people, basically, they try to prevent the Prime Minister Boris Johnson from take Brexit from carry out the Brexit as the people voted three years ago. So basically, what the Parliament is doing is openly declare war against the people. Well, it seems like we're seeing a, a lot of that going around, but the people are rising up, and so we need to take a lot of heart from the people in in Hong Kong that they are standing up.